This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. This is Pastor Callie, and I'm so excited to have you here at Warrior Watch today. Um, we're so excited about what Jesus is doing across the nation, and we're very excited about BPN Radio and the call of God that's on this ministry to raise up prayer leaders, prayer warriors across the nation. And um, it doesn't matter whether you're in fivefold ministry or you you know whatever you're doing. We're all in ministry in some way, and God has called all of us to a prayer life. And so today, I've got a guest with me, um, one of my favorite people in the whole world, my sister, Pastor Cindy Mooring, and we're going to talk today about a subject that I think there's probably not anyone better to to talk about this subject. We're going to talk about worship. We're going to talk about worship in a lot of different ways. We're going to talk about what it means to be a worshiper, what it means to have private, you know, everything flows out of our private worship, what it means to be in a, a, a worship leader, worship pastor, um, how that should, how that should flow. What, what's my responsibility as a private worshiper? What's my responsibility as a worshiper that's a part of the congregation? What's my responsibility uh, as far as am I a worship leader? How am I supposed to interact with a pastor? What, what should be my heart's motivation? So today we're going to go a lot of different directions. I'm really excited to have you here, sister. Um, Thrilled to be here. She is an amazing, her and Pastor Todd, not only are amazing, they they have a lot of private worship. Everything flows out of their private, uh, you know, communication with the Lord. I know their their private prayer life, but they have the ability and the anointing to raise up worship leaders. I've watched people come into this church with amazing talent, but had very little anointing. And after sitting under their ministry and their tutor, their tutor. Ridge, I think that's how you say that. Something like being, that. Being taught by Pastor Todd and Cindy. <laughs> Me trying to be big time, and that's what comes out. Uh, after being under their mentorship is a, probably a better word. I've watched people that were extremely talented also begin to flow under an amazing heart of worship and an anointing for worship because talent and anointing for worship are two separate things, right. and God really wants us to flow in both. And uh, so just talk to us about worship, Pastor Cindy, and, and what it's done for your life and, and what you believe about worship. Well, in our first of all, thank you for having me, and I love you very much, and I honor you. Thank you. And uh, I, I feel honored to even be able to share today about w- what worship looks like to me. Worship, uh, worship in this culture that we're in right now tends to be more about singing a song or getting on stage and playing an instrument and being gifted to sing and lead people in music. Right. And there, and there's, that is part of worship, but more than that, it's about a heart, a heart that's surrendered to the Lord, a heart that's surrendered to God's purpose and call on your life. And, and it's about walking in humility and not doing it from a place of performance, anything that you do, whether right, it's right. pastoring a church or leading a song, but it's a place of 
I'm surrendered to the Holy Spirit and what he's called me to do. And I want to, I want his agenda and not my agenda. So worship starts for me from a place of surrender. Right. And whether I get on a platform and lead worship and sing a song or I'm pastoring people, it's always about God, what is it you want from me? What do you desire from me? And me being obedient to that. And I, and one of the first places that worship is mentioned in the Bible is when Abraham takes Isaac to the mountain to offer him as a sacrifice to the Lord. He says, I'm going to worship. He actually uses the word worship. I want to read that real quick. He said, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up, saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. You know, one of the things that strikes me when you read that scripture is most of the time when worship is the sweetest savor to the Lord is when it means sacrifice on our part. Right. The Bible talks about the sacrifice of worship. Right. right. Um, and that's why it's so important to know that what we're doing, we're doing with an humble heart and as we're actually as unto the Lord and we're sacrificing, right. whether it's our time or our voice or our hard work, or in his case, he was being asked to give his only son, which is a, a true amazing sacrifice. Right, right. His only son, his promised son, they've been believing for for years. Right. And he finally gets him. And then the Lord says, I want him. And so he, he called that act, that act was an act of worship. So worship always does require some form of sacrifice in our life. And number one, it's a sacrifice of ourself. Yeah. It's a sacrifice of laying down my will, my agenda, my desires to fulfill the desire of the heart of the Father. Yes. And every time we do that, whether it's through preaching, serving, singing a song, when we honor Him and our hearts toward Him, then He anoints What's left? He takes that sacrifice and he says, okay, now that you've given it to me, now I'm going to put my anointing on it. And even in leading worship leaders, I've, I've just seen that year after year of serving here and wherever else God has us, that if we will lead that way, lead in submission to Holy Spirit, what do you desire? What do you want? Versus me trying to show off my ability. Well, yeah, and a lot of times I've asked myself, you know, many times when the Holy Spirit starts moving, whether you're a worship leader or you're you're get you're you have a gifting of the fivefold ministry, you move in the prophetic or word of knowledge. When the Holy Spirit starts moving, everybody that's tuned into the Holy Spirit is hearing something. That's right. Same way with you that's know right. everybody's hearing something. Right. But I've started asking myself. Cause you, and you'll hear something to say or to minister. But I ask myself, does Holy Spirit want me to say this, or am I just supposed to pray for this situation? That's right. That's because right. if we want to do things just to be seen, you can be a gifted musician and gifted singer, but you're, you, know, you know if your heart is to go up there and be seen and perform, right? or if your heart is... I just want to give this as a sacrifice unto the Lord. The only way we can we can cause our heart or help our heart to align with God's desire, and that's to be a servant and to, and to sacrifice, is through our personal 
dying out right. to our flesh. That's where the sacrifice comes. That's the, yeah, dying out to our flesh. Right. I, I remember Krista Black talking about, I heard her give this testimony, and, you know, she wrote the that book, um, God Loves Ugly. God Loves Ugly. She wrote that book. But, you know, she traveled with Michael W. Smith for years. She she traveled with the Jonas, Jonas Brothers. Brothers. She's an amazing, prolific songwriter. She's an amazing worship leader. And she ends up going, this is many years back, she went to Bethel for a year. The Lord mm-hmm. told her to go to Bethel. Now, she's a, a songwriter in her own right. She's a worship leader in her own right and a phenomenal one. But the Holy Spirit would not let her do anything for that year but lay on the floor and pray and cry. Right, and she 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 would even try to get involved, and the Holy Spirit would say no. She no. would have a thought to, I should get involved, and the Holy Spirit told her no. You are to lay on the floor, receive. You are to do nothing. Let me heal you. Let me heal you. Let me take you to the next place. Let me right. show you what the sacrifice of praise. Let me show you what dying out to yourself really looks like. Right. I think many times uh, Christians we need to die out to ourselves. Just because we got saved, just because we got filled with the Holy Ghost does not mean we're not walking in a whole lot of flesh controlling us versus spirit. I've been there. I know what it's like. I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. I've walked it. I've walked the fleshly Christian life and the surrendered Christian life. And the surrendered one is a whole lot more joyous. I can promise you that. But with it, it's a whole lot more... um, joy. And then when we do things, we do things for the right reason. So she lay there on that floor for a year and she came out of that with a whole ministry that really now she's a, she does more speaking engagements than she does anything. And she travels all over the world, but she was willing to submit herself to the Lord, not to push her way into something. And I think, you know, especially the, the giftings that flow from the stage. Yeah. You know, when people are prayer warriors in the pew, or they're not that they can't get in the pride of life because we all can, but the thing, the giftings that flow from the stage, we are the ones that have to really check our hearts. Yeah, we do. And worship, in particularly, uh, just the temperament of the worship leader is more sensitive. The te- temperament of the worship leader can be more ego driven and and even easier to offend and easier to offend. And so following the Holy Spirit and really allowing our worship to go to the Lord, it's true. then it begins to change the whole dynamic of the fragrance people smell when you're worshiping. Right. Right. And that's really what it's all about. That's true, Pastor Kathy. I've watched you uh, and Pastor Todd take that team. Now, you're in your 50s, and most people in their 50s are not real relevant with music. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But it's true. Right. Y'all right. have stayed amazingly relevant with your music and you're raising up. But the thing that I love that I've watched our team is when they're worshiping, I don't see one person. No. I see a worship that's going, I, I see Jesus. So you may be leading one minute. Juan may be leading. Leela may be leading. Jack may be leading. Lauren may be leading. Shelly may be leading. Ronnie may be leading. Right. But I don't see one person. I see worship, and it so blesses me because I never, I mean, there are times I think, man, Juan really was beautiful on that song, or Jack was really beautiful, or Shelly was, you know, but it's never like, nobody's a superstar, he's the superstar. That's right. Now, tell me, how, how do you get a worship team like that? Well, just by sharing our heart that it's not about any one person leading a song. 
And so that's why we've always tried to diversify, if that's even a word you use. Right. Um, and and see the gift of God in each individual, but yet as a team. And and that our heart is to never make it about any one person and that everybody has a place on the team to share, to sing, to even exhort if they feel like they right. have something from the Lord. But but never make it about one person because once you start making it about that one person, then it's easy for everybody to start looking to that one person. And ultimately, it's not about any of us. It's about him. And right. so, so it's our desire to raise them up to where they could all be strong on their own. Right. But also at the same time, know that it's ultimately about a corporate anointing and looking to, to the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And we've also, we've also never like, we give a person a song to sing that we think that that might be a strong song for them to lead. But then we may next week ask somebody else to lead that same song to where people aren't just married to a song. That's my song or that's my solo. Right. right. But, but giving everybody a chance to, to minister. And I, I think leading in that way in, in our house, in this church, has brought a, another level of anointing to the worship. Not everybody does it that way, and that's okay, because you have to flow sure, with what sure. your anointing is for your house and your church. But in this house, we don't feel called to just make it about one person because we're here to raise up many multiple worship leaders and anointings that, that may not stay in this house. But but we also feel like we have a strong anointing to send people out. Sure. And um, so that's what we're here to do is to train. Well, I know this week you ended up sending our keyboard player out, one of our, one of our keyboard players right. out, to support another church. Right. We find ourselves doing that a lot here because this church does have an anointing for worship. And so we're all, we, a lot of times helping by supplementing and sending people right. out to help, which is a real blessing. Yeah. Talk to me, uh, Pastor Cindy, about worship in your private um and I want to talk particularly about music. How does music affect our prayer prayer life? What tell me how you kind of go about with music with your prayer life? Do you incorporate music? I know we incorporate music right. in our in our in our daily prayer here. Well, I was sharing that um, just recently that worship music is a strong strong tool that I use to pray at because I am a worship leader and I, as far as music goes and I love I've always loved music. Music moves my soul. Right. And so when I set an atmosphere of music on to pray by, it takes me to another level of prayer when I'm praying. Sure. Uh, not everybody's that way, but it is for me. It's it's very much releases an anointing in my heart to really pray more effectively. And, um, yeah. That's so what, you utilize it. We also utilize it in our prayer in here our prayer. every day. Uh-huh. Like we, we don't have it super loud here in, in the sanctuary, but we have prayer music going right. so that people can just enter into it and they know, okay, we're in prayer time. Um, talk to me about worship in other ways. Like how does, um, I mean, I know every once in a while I listen to some country music mm-hmm. or, you know, secular music, but um, what do you feel about that? Is that something we should do or is that something we should completely stay away from? Or is that something we should limit? Talk to me what you Leave feel. Leave it to Pastor Callie to ask me this question. Okay. Uh, you're out of control. Okay. First of all, I, I do it every once in a while. Yeah. I limit myself. Sure. Okay. I like like old 70s music. I love all kinds of music. I like I like uh, Frank Sinatra music. Yes. You know, I'm, it just yes. depends on what mood I am. 
I love a little bit of country music. I, I'm not I'm not an everydayer. No, no. But and I would say that I can honestly say that primary primarily I listen to worship. Right. Is it wrong? To listen to other kind of music? No, it's not wrong to listen to other kind of music. Okay, but tell me. From my perspective, okay, it's not. But we should limit that, right? Absolutely. I, I think that if if I'm going through a tough time and I'm uh, dealing with something emotionally, maybe I'm stressed out, maybe I'm depressed over something that I'm dealing with, I'm not going to go put on country music. No, because I'm just going to go and dig a hole I, I might go it. ahead and drive off the Fred yes, Harmon Bridge. Yeah. You know okay? you know that song, I got my wife back, I got my yeah. dog back. Yeah, but, <laughs> but if I'm needing some victory in my life and I'm needing right. some joy right. and I'm needing, you know, I'll, I'll go put on worship music. And right. not necessarily sad worship music, but joyful, joyful. worship. Joyful, okay. You know, worship music that makes me want to dance. And and lift my spirit. Um, I have been known to even put on Pharrell Williams. Yeah, and that's happy. not what you would consider gospel worship music. It's just a song called Happy that makes me happy when I listen sure, to it. And sure. so, so I'll put that on and that'll lift my spirit. So yes, I believe all music has a way. I think music, you have to be careful with music because music does something to the soul that nothing else will. Well, it's so does music, uh-huh. movies, right? Books, right? Uh, any kind of entertainment. You have to be careful. You have to, right. you know, listen to the Holy Spirit. I mean, um, I'm not a big TV watcher, right? I mean, we went for years and we never watched TV, so I'm still to this day not a TV watcher. Right, right. I watch, you know, one or two like uh, what's Pastor that? Pastor Callie loves TBN. Uh, uh, Bill Bill O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly news news yeah. news channel, but <laughs> but um, and I may rent a I may go to a movie once every quarter. I'm not a big movie watcher no, either. No. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some people go to a movie every week, and they're, it's fine. You know, the, there's some things that, you know, uh, Paul used to say when I'm with the Romans, I, you know, I, he was talking about going into different cultures, and he said, you know, for some people this is a sin, and for some people this is not a right, sin. And right. so I realized that even, you know, we work out our own salvation, and our worship is, is really our lifestyle. Yes, it is. It's how you not. Live. It's yeah. Music's part of our worship. Right. Uh, coming to church is part of our worship. Tithing is part of our worship. How I live, the fruit of the spirit, is the real indication of my worship. How I serve my family. How I serve how my I family. Love my children. How, how I, I love, love my, my enemies. How I re- how I respond to my enemies. Yep. Hello. Um, I read <laughs> something today, and I thought this was so good. He said the uh, one of these preachers said the gift of the spirit. The gifts of the Spirit should be eloquently adorned with the fruit of the Spirit. That's awesome. And, you know, my life is worship. Yeah. And it's either sending off a sweet savor unto the Lord or it's sending off not so sweet savor. And, and it, it's, it's, it's putting off a perfume, but it's not worshiping the way. It, right. It's not bringing in the fruit that God wants it to bring. So, so good. everything incorporates wor- is worship in my life. My right. prayer time, my Bible reading, my love for my family, my love for my brothers and sisters, my love for my spiritual children, um, how I react to them, how I, the mercy I show to them. Uh, worship is not relegated to just an hour and a half on Sunday morning. No, or a song that I sing. Or a song. Well, you know, your greatest act of worship is how you love one another, how I treat you, how I honor you, or how I don't honor you. That That's dishonoring to the Lord. And so God really ultimately wants us to love one another and show his love 
be Christ. Yeah, well, he says in the New Testament, he says if you can speak with tongue in tongues with like, like men of angels yeah. and you can, you know, you're laying hands on the sick and you have the greatest amount of faith and right. to move mountains. But he said, if you don't have love. Nothing else. It doesn't mean anything. It's a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. It means it's meaningless. Right. And it's love is what caught the love, our love to the father and receiving his love. It's a two way street. Right. Me receiving his love first. Really, because I can't love him without receiving his love. Right. Me receiving the Father's love and then me reciprocating that love in a private daily relationship right. is really what helps me to worship God in my life in a way that brings that's true, that's honor true. And, and purity to him. And, I've, you know, there's been a lot of times that I, w- I, wish I, I wish I didn't have to. I wish this wasn't the truth. But I can tell you of years where I had my daily prayer. But my daily actions didn't match didn't up with match, ma- match right. up with my daily prayer. Right. I would lose my temper with my family. I'd be sure. short with with the people that I cared about, or I'd, you know, wouldn't have enough mercy or enough love. And and you know, through time and Holy Spirit working with me, I I began to realize that if it does, if my love relationship with the Lord does not translate into my daily living, something's it, wrong. Something's wrong. And part of it is just admitting it. Right. Part of it's just admitting, hey, hey, Jesus, I really am having trouble right. walking this part out the way you want me to, because I really want this to be a worship. And I found that the things I struggle with the most as God helps me conquer are the greatest sacrifices of worship for me. That's true. It's the greatest sacrifices for me. Um, we don't like Americans don't like the word sacrifice. No. And also just laying down our right to be right, because a lot of times it doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. It, God's just want you to shut your mouth. You're right, sister. And just just be quiet. We live in know? a country that's, Americans are independent by nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we started by getting our independence from England, so that ought to tell you. That's how we were right, founded, right. by rebelling. We were rebelling against England. So that that's part of the nature mm-hmm. and the DNA of this country. But when it comes to serving God, we're 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 of another kingdom. That's exactly right. And we're not American when it comes to serving God. No. And when it comes to serving God, we have we've got to make a decision to humble ourselves before the Lord and let our lives truly be a worship and a sweet savor to Him. Uh, I want to take a few minutes, and we're going to have a song, and then we're going to come back and talk about worship and how it affects us in our daily living. We love you.
I wanted to come back and talk about, first of all, I'm so excited about having Pastor Cindy Mooring here. We're talking about worship and we've, we've kind of been all over the gamut. One of the things we want to talk about is how it affects our daily life and our victory. I, when you go back and you start studying worship in the Bible and seeing where there were actual accounts of worship and the things that, and the how the scenarios changed once the individuals worship, it's quite astounding. One of the one of the stories that stands out to me, Pastor Cindy, is the story of Hannah. She is uh, she's barren. She's right. got a sister wife, which is you know, a terrible scenario right there. That's never good. Polygamy is just something I'll never understand. <laughs> no. Even though it's in the Bible, I'll never understand it. So she's got a sister wife that's making her life complete hell. Tormenting her. Tormenting her. Mm-hmm. And she, and even though her husband loves her the most, he's made it known that I love her. He gives her the most gifts at, at time, right, at their right. feast times. She is, she's sad. She's very, very depressed. And she goes to the temple and she begins to, what I would call intercession. She is interceding. She is worshiping before the Lord. Uh, you're talking about a bad scenario, too. Here she is pouring her heart out, and yeah. we've got Eli, who is a backslidden priest, priest. with a bunch of terrible backslidden children. Mm-hmm. The house of God's in a mess. He can't even really discern what she needs, but she begins to explain to him that she's not drunk, that she's just, you know, she's sorrowful before the Lord. She's worshiping. And then he gives her a prophetic word. Which is interesting. God uses the backslidden priest to give her a prophetic word that actually comes to pass. That's accurate. That's why you just need to let God handle his men and his women and you keep your hand off of them. So anyway, (laughs) we know that 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 sacrifice of worship, that that opportunity was that where she was even misunderstood. It didn't change her heart. She kept a good heart. And God through that worship, eradicated, obliterated her barrenness. That's true. He obliterated her barrenness through her the, worship, through the act of worship. Wow. Now, there's a whole lot of things that God, uh, uh, you know, accomplished with her with that baby. Samuel went on to be the greatest prophet, one of the greatest prophets that had ever lived and ever was in Israel. There's a lot of things accomplished, but the thing that I want to focus on is her worship. Right literally delivered her from barrenness. Right. And then you mentioned, talk about what you mentioned with Michal well, and David's that, wife. Well, David, David was entering into Jerusalem. They're bringing in the Ark of the Covenant because the Ark of the Covenant had been stolen. Right. Uh, and so now they're getting it back. And so he's so excited and so thankful about what God's doing and, and bringing back the presence of God into the city that, that David dances before the Lord. And uh, he basically loses his dignity, which, which some, what some would say, and that's what M- Michael, or however you say her name, Michael, actually said, why would you unrobe yourself before the people? And she was embarrassed that David danced with such uh, abandonment. He didn't care that he was he the king. He didn't care that he was the king. He didn't care. He just was so thankful that the presence of God was coming back into Jerusalem but, but what's interesting is the Bible says at that moment when she judged his worship, she judged him, that she became barren. She was stricken barren. So here's a lesson. Let's, let's, let's back this puppy on up. Yeah. Worship, true worship, can obliterate and wipe you clean of barrenness. Right. But the criticism of one's worship can shut, can shut your womb. Bring a curse on your life. Wow. 
That's amazing. Yeah, it is. And I don't want to live under the no, curse. No, and huh? there's such power in our worship. You know, the the, the devil gets scared. When, when we have things come against us and we begin to worship God, yeah. he gets freaked out because yeah, he, he knows that, that the Holy Spirit's going to show up, the angels are going to be dispatched, and he's getting ready to lose. Right. That's why he wants us to complain. Mm-hmm. He wants us to be in fear. Mm-hmm. He wants us to, to talk about the problem. He does not want us to worship. Right. When we worship... Victory comes. Victory comes. Yeah. Victory comes. Victory comes every time. Every time. That's why the the Lord, when he would tell the children of Israel to go to war, he would say, before you go out to battle, I want you to proceed with the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant carried the presence of God. And every time they went out with the Ark before them, they saw the victory. Right. Right. So worship precedes victory every time. Let's talk about David. Let's talk about David a little bit. I believe worship... Mm-hmm. Unlocks your destiny. Yeah, it does. I believe worship, private worship, will open up public doors and will open up public ministries, yeah, public opportunities for business. Private worship, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're a doctor, a lawyer, a chemical plant worker. Uh, I don't care if you're a mommy at home dealing with kids like Becky Thompson was who, who really believed God. Private worship will open up doors yes, for will. your destiny and for public service for the Lord. David is a prime example. Yeah, he was. On the back side of the field, and it was tending sheep. Tending sheep. Tending sheep. And he, he wasn't the chosen one to go to battle, and he didn't look like the rest of his brothers. He didn't fit the mold of a warrior in their world. So he's out there on in the, in the field tending sheep, Singing and worshiping God. Being responsible for his father's flock. Right. Fighting off the enemy. Right. And building a love relationship. With the Lord. The Bible says he was, he was God named him a man after my own heart. Right. So let's look at that. So, so David had a heart like Jesus. What, what did that heart, he, he was a fierce protector of, of the sheep, God's right. people. He was a lover of the father. Right. And he was an intense worshiper. And he was a servant. And he was a servant. And Pastor Kelly, what, what led him to the victory against David and Goliath, the story of David and Goliath, is that he was going to serve his brothers a meal. Right. And when he gets there, he sees, he sees the opportunity, and the opportunity is there for him to fight the, the giant. But he would have never had that opportunity if he hadn't been serving his brothers. Yeah. Yeah, the bottom line is the opportunity was there. Yeah. Because nobody else was brave enough to do yeah, it. That's true. Because if any other soldier would have been brave enough to do it, of course they would have picked him. He was he was not a soldier. He no. was he was a shepherd boy. Right. But he came with a heart to serve, and his heart to serve and his heart of worship opened the door for him to win the battle. Right. This giant had been taunting them for weeks. Right. And he won the battle. He, God used him to win the battle for Israel. So his heart of worship opened up his destiny. Right. Opened up the whole next season of his life. Just being willing to have that private worship, which David kept the rest of his life. Yes, he did. You know, all the Psalms were written. By, most of the Psalms were written by, by David. David. There were songs that he that he sang in the pastures and when he would worship and and those have been recorded and th- those are songs that we use today. So we know that worship will eradicate barrenness. Right. We know that worship will unlock our destiny. Right. Is there any other s- example, Pastor Cindy, 
that you can think of where where actually worship um, changes atmosphere. Changes atmosphere. Well, you got you got Paul and Silas. Oh, I love that story. Uh, at midnight in the Book of Acts, they're in jail, and the Bible says at midnight they begin to sing praises unto God, and literally the jail. <laughs> The jailhouse rocked, yeah, and they were set free. Yeah, you know? El- that's where Elvis got his uh, inspiration, <laughs> inspiration for jailhouse rock. Yeah, so you know, a lot of times when we're in midnight situations where we're thinking, "Okay, God, I, I don't know what I'm going to do here." You know, it's nine one one. I need a miracle. If you st- instead of reciting the problem like you just shared, Pastor Callie, uh-huh. but start worshiping, God will bring the miracle. Well, we see it with Esther too, right? You know. Um, She's in a place of high power, but the enemy through Haman is getting ready to wipe out her people. Right. And what does she do? She sends out an edict that says, okay, I need everybody to spend three days fasting mm-hmm. and praying Pray. so that so that God can give us a deliverance, a, mm-hmm. a victory. So prayer and worship mm-hmm. opens the door for victory when the enemies come in to take you out. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times... That the enemy would, I can tell, I know of some of them. Some of them you don't know. Right. Sometimes God delivers you and you don't even know that you interceded for a deliverance you got. You don't even know you received. But I can take you to incidences in my life, Pastor Cindy, mm-hmm. where I know that prayer my prayer and, and my worship kept the worst thing from happening. Oh, I, I'm with you. Yes. Well, I remember praying for you one morning early. And just interceding over you, and then you had the car accident. Uh huh. And God spared your life. I mean, that the car was totaled. You could, and you walked away with hardly a scratch. I walked on away you. with a bruise. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was worship. Right. Sent forth angels. Absolutely. Knew what was going to happen and protected me. And it could have what what could have been a life threatening accident. God spared you. It God spared me, but it's the power of worship. It's the power of worship. So, worship will unlock your womb. Worship will throw you in. Will literally catapult you in your destiny. Worship will give you strategic um, direction from the Holy Spirit. Will open up. Worship will unlock everything that we need. Uh, I've, I've said it over and over. The Holy Spirit is the great genius. Absolutely. But we have to be communing with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis to recognize his voice. That's exactly right. And worship is really what worship is, is communion. Yes, it is. It's not, it's loving Jesus, but it's, it's communion. And obedience just to whatever he asks you to do. Cause it's like you shared earlier. It's not just about a song. It's about my life. Right. So from day to day, moment to moment, whatever the Holy Spirit asked me to do in my obedience to his, whatever that is. And it may be in my mind, a very small thing, but just that act of obedience is worship. That's pure, simple worship to the Lord. And that's what he's looking for is us just to lay down our lives daily and take up our cross and follow him. So what does that look like? Obedience to his voice is worship. Yeah. Yeah, it's more and, than a song. And so, yeah, our life is a song. Absolutely. Uh, our our family is a song. Our church is a song. Our when we go to our jobs, we're either a song mm-hmm. of freedom and life, or we're we're looked upon as someone. You know, it's, the worst thing is for someone to say they're a Christian, but they're not a good Christian. Yeah, I know. You know, not and, a good deal. And it's not a good deal. No. It's not. It's not the. It's not the life we want to live. It's not the. Uh, what we want to bring to the table. The other day I was in a scenario where I was with a young man 
he probably was in his late 20s, and um, I, I had an opportunity to meet him, and I something told me, something told me in my heart that he was a Christian, but that he had been hurt, and that he was just in a bad place. I just knew it. I don't know, you know, the Holy Spirit, I just sure. knew. And so um, I asked him, I said, uh, Landon, tell me about yourself. That's kind of my way. Tell me about yourself. And uh, he began to tell me about himself, and, you know, I found out that his dad is a preacher, Raised in a preacher's home, he kind of, he, you know, I said, do you still go to church? No, I don't. Do you believe? Yeah, I believe, but I, you know, I don't know really what I believe. Well, I really realized that everything the Holy Spirit had told me. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I must be, of course, I'm trying to be careful all the time, but I thought I must be very careful with this young man mm -hmm. because he's going to watch everything I say mm -hmm. and everything I do. And I want to show him the best example and I want to show him the most love. And I want him to see the best side of the church through me. That's awesome. And I think that's something that we all need to look. We, you know, we can. We all have our days where you don't feel good, or right. where you're a little, you know, maybe you didn't get enough sleep. Then I know with me, if I don't get my sleep, I'm not exactly Polly Sunshine the next day. <laughs> so, but you know, we've got people watching us, and so right. how we represent and our worship is designed to bring us back in alignment with the Spirit. It's designed right. to equalize our life. Worship is the great equalizer. Right. Right. For me, it's the It'll set you back on course. It sets me back on course. Mm -hmm. it, gives, it gives Holy Spirit an opportunity to say, Callie, you really didn't handle that right. That's right. Or Callie, if you'll just do this. Or Callie, I'm really proud of you. You handled that perfect. Do that again. Right. It's not always correction. No, no. Many times the Holy Spirit will, because a lot of times we're hard on ourselves. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, you did, you handled that just right. Maybe they didn't see it, but the Holy Spirit's going to take care of it. Just, just leave it in my hands. And so the Holy Spirit is the great equalizer. And that's why private worship is so important, because if we don't allow that to happen, we don't see straight. You know, it's yeah. like me trying to put these glasses on and there's a film over it. You go, you get in the presence of God and the presence of God wipes your eyes. It cleans your eyes. So you can see. And it helps you to see things perfectly. Right. It helps you to see things through the eyes of the Spirit. And it helps you to know how to handle things that, that we would otherwise handle. I mean, most of the time in my flesh, I'm going to judge somebody wrong. Right. All right. I'm just in my flesh. You will. I'm going to judge yeah. somebody wrong. But if I pull back and I say, Holy Spirit, show me what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Help me to love this person. Help me to see them through your eyes. Help me to react in a way that's pleasing unto you. Help me not to lose my temper. Help me not to prejudge. Help show me nine times out of 10, the outcome will be a lot better if I'll just pull myself back and ask Holy so Spirit to, to lead me. And that's what worship does. It will align your way of thinking. It will align your way of reacting. It will bring us into great victory, and it, and it will help us be obedient. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. You know, because when we're not having our daily worship, it's real easy to get disobedient mm -hmm. and to get self-willed and prideful. Just living in the flesh. Living in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And but, trying to figure out life in the flesh, and it always gets you in trouble. Yeah, yeah. When, if, when, when you know, pulling back, falling on our knees, walking in humility, mm -hmm. asking Jesus to help us, um, and to, to really, you know, just worship Jesus, it brings such a perspective. Um, Bill Johnson has a message about um, honoring the Holy Spirit and living with a self-awareness of his spirit with you all day. Wow. And he talks about how that the 
spirit of God is represented by a dove. And when, when the dove ascended on Jesus, and he just takes that analogy of the dove and says, what if you had a dove sitting on your shoulder? How would you walk? So that you would keep that dove there all day long. Wow, he said great. every step you would take, you would take with the dove in mind so that the dove doesn't fly away. Wow, that's good. Pastor and he Jimmy. said it's the same way with the Spirit of God, living with that awareness that you are a carrier of his Spirit all day long. And he said that will increase the anointing of God in your life. Wow. And you're less to respond in a, a fleshly way, but respond by the Spirit. Yeah, because, you know, Paul said, he said, I want to do good. Mm-hmm. And I have a desire to do bad. Right. I, I want to do bad. I have a desire to do good. What he was talking about was the great struggle we all live with. We, right. There's the the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God that's in us, mm-hmm. and the Spirit man that's regenerated. And then there's this fleshly man that wants to react like the flesh, right. wants to act on the flesh. And he, so Paul, the great Apostle Paul, says, "This is the struggle you're going to live right, with for the rest of your life." Basically, the, the, yeah, he said, "This is the struggle you're going to live with." But the key mm-hmm. is worship mm-hmm. and feeding the man you want to lead. Right. And if you want the spirit man to lead, you got to feed the spirit man. That's and right. how do we feed the spirit man? Through personal worship, right? Personal Bible reading, daily communion, obedient, being in the house of God, submitting to pastors, submitting to leaders. You know, walking in community, all of that is part of the process of truly worshiping God and, and, and so that we can get the desired results, and that's an overcoming Christian. That's right. We want to take a few more minutes. We're going to have another song here, and we'll be right back to pray with you. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation now revealed in you, our Christ. What a beautiful name it is! What a beautiful name it is! The Sin was great, your love was greater. 
This has been a wonderful program. I've enjoyed having Pastor Cindy Mooring talk about worship and talk about all the elements of worship. Worship is such a big topic, but I want to take a few minutes and I want to pray for our radio listeners today, our BPN radio listeners. Lord, I just declare the blessing of the Lord over every person that's listening today. I pray, Father, that you would just ignite their hearts that, that their hearts would be hearts of worship, hearts yes. of love, hearts of surrender. I just declare that as, and, and I just prophesy as they begin to spend time with you in your word, time talking to you, Lord, that, that they are going to understand the, the true heart of worship. You're going to begin to reveal to them how much you love them and how powerful worship is in their life, in their destiny, in their callings, Thank in their Lord. strategies. Worship and intimacy with the Father is the foundational key to all life. And I thank you for revealing that to your people today. I thank you, God, that you're moving powerfully among your people. You're drawing your people into hours of prayer. You're drawing your people into hours of worship. You're drawing your people into hours of surrender, God, thank to lives Lord. of surrender, thank Lord, that Lord. we're not living our lives for ourselves to, to to just consume pleasure upon ourselves. But God, we're living our lives surrendered to you, surrendered to your will, to your purpose, to your plan, that we're walking in the pleasure of the Lord, not so much in the pleasure of this world. And I just thank you, Lord, that you're, you're causing your people to become a mighty arm, army of surrendered worshipers, surrendered men and women of worship. We just prophesy this over our nation. Thank you, Lord. We pray over our president and our government. We pray for revival across America. Yes, we Lord. pray for revival across every church yes, in America. Yes, we pray Lord. for revival across every in every pastor's home, Thank in you, every Jesus. church administration. We pray for unity. We pray for Texas, God, that Texas will be a burning flame of revival, yes, God. Lord. We yes, pray Lord. for every state in this union. God, we just thank you for unity across America. We thank you for the blessing of the Lord. We thank you for the mercy that you've shown this nation. We thank you, God, that a desire to pray is literally going to just engulf your people and that we are going to have such a desire to pray and spend time and to worship you, that our whole life is going to become a life of worship, a life of sacrifice, a life of prayer, a life of determination that we're going to serve you. Pastor Cindy, you want to pray a little? Yes, Lord. We just thank you, God, today. Also for BPN Radio and Pastor Dale and Jean and all the ones that are a part of this network, we pray blessing over them, Lord. I just pray that you would provide everything that they have need of financially, spiritually, relationally, physically. Lord, we just call forth prayer partners all around the nation, God, to rise up and begin to partner with BPN Radio and begin to pray for this nation, God. I thank you, Lord, that every dream and vision you have placed in Pastor Dale's heart for this network, God, would begin to come to pass, Lord, even this year and greater momentum. Lord, we call in finances, Lord, to bless this ministry, God, to partner with this ministry. Lord, we thank you for increase this year and answered prayers, God, for your people. We thank you that this is a year, God, of freedom and deliverance. I thank you, God, for the year of Jubilee and restoration of everything that the enemy has tried to steal from your people. We call into the kingdom of God this year, God. We thank you, Lord, that you are pouring out your spirit on your sons and daughters, God, and they're going to stand up and declare the glory of the 
Lord in the earth. They're rising up to their yes. destiny, their vision, the purpose that you've called them to, destined them to. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're increasing our hearts, God, yes. for a greater capacity to love you more, to draw close to you, God, with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, that we would lay down our lives every day, God, take up our cross and follow you, live a life of worship every moment of every day, God, saying yes to whatever your spirit asks us to do, God, in perfect submission and obedience to you, Holy Spirit, that Christ would be the eminent, God, yes. glory and shed abroad in our hearts to everyone that we meet, that they would see you, Jesus, that they would see your love and see your light. I pray for every family listening today, God, that's been asking for miracles, God, in their family and their children. God, I pray that you would bless them today. I pray for breakthrough in their families and with their children today. I pray for supernatural miracles for your people. In Jesus' name, I ask it, and I thank you for it, Father. We're so happy to have you. God bless you. Tune in to uh, March the 6th for our Warrior Chicks prayer call. You can go to warrior-chicks.com to be a part of that. Also, our live worship collective will be March 17th here at COL Baytown. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next week. For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.